Hosea chapter 1, Hosea chapter 1, and we'll read the whole chapter. It says this, The word of the Lord that came to Hosea the son of Beeri in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. For yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. Verse 6, And she conceived again and bare a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name Lo-Rahuhamah. For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lohurahabah, I'm hoping I got that right, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God, call his name Loami, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it is said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Let's pray. Lord, again, we just thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, again, that uh, we could uh, uh, be a thankful people, Lord. We're just, uh, Lord, we do want to be thankful for the country we live in. We want to be thankful for your blessings upon our lives. Lord, if we're saved, that we can be called a child of God. Lord, what a wonderful thing that is, that we can be called a friend of God. And uh, a and just uh, so many other uh, wonderful things that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today for those that are sick among us. Lord, where they are, touch them and help them physically. Lord, I pray for those that are traveling, that you'd watch over uh, them. Lord, I pray for those that are in need of salvation, that are here or listening, that today, dear God, again, that you would bring great conviction upon that heart and open that heart. And Lord, even today, they put their trust in the shed blood and death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for your children, whatever might be going on in their life. Perhaps they, perhaps they have spiritual need, physical need, financial need. Uh, Lord, they're uh, struggling with something. Lord, uh, help them today and help them, uh, dear God, to, to yield to you. And so, Lord, help us through your word. And our desire, again, is that Jesus Christ would be lifted up and glorified. And Lord, you would build your local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
So as we look at uh, Hosea, remember that his message, of course, is to the, the northern kingdom of Israel, right? They were split. You had, you had Judah to the south and then Israel. And so his focus is on the northern kingdom of Israel. And, of course, he reproves them, right? We've talked about that. He reproves them of their sin, right? And that is the job of uh, God's man to reprove people of sin, and, uh, and then it says uh, to exhort them or encourage them uh, towards repentance, right? Hey, this is what you're getting wrong, but here's how you can get it right, <laughs> right? That's what we want people to know. Hey, you might be doing something wrong, but hey, there's a way to get it right. And so to tell them that, and then, of course, <laughs> to threaten them with, if you will, that what will happen if they don't uh, turn to God. <laughs> and so the subject uh, of, of this book is apostasy and restoration, right? Apostasy and restoration. And of course, as you go through this book, you'll see that the purpose is, is to show us and reveals the unchangeableness. I like that. You see that through the word God, the unchangeableness of God's counsel, among other things, and it's specifically here concerning Israel. And of course, uh, when you go through the book, you'll see that the, the, the main word, if you will, or thought is return. You see that word? Again, when you're reading through the Word of God, you're looking for things that sort of <laughs> repeat themselves to get a thought. And in the book of Hosea, it's return. God always desires His people to return to Him. It's mentioned several times. But uh, let's look again at verses uh, 2 and 3 and see what God says to Hosea. <laughs> says, The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, go take thee a wife. Now, that part sounds good. <laughs> Lord, if he would just stop there, but it says this, go take thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land hath committed great whoredom <coughs> departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, which conceived and <coughs> bare him a son. <coughs> now, Hosea's name means Salvation. Salvation. Remember that. His name means salvation. And then what's interesting is what Gomer's name means. Gomer's name means completion. Now think about that. The husband's name means salvation. The wife's name means completion. And as you look at this portion of Scripture, right, of course, God uh, puts a lot of types in there. And so through this relationship, Jose represents God the Father. He's a type of God the Father, and Gomer, a type of Israel, a type of Israel. Now, again, notice what he says to him, go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms. Now, you look at this, and understanding what God thinks about marriage, and what God thinks about uh, purity, and that he tells this man to go get a wife of whoredoms, doesn't make sense, right? You look and say, well, What's going on here? This just doesn't make sense. And of course, remember, he's using these as types. You know, God, God tells him to show love to the worst kind of woman. God tells him to show love to the worst kind of woman, which is interesting, right? He says, uh, he, 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 verse 2 ends this way, hey, For the land hath committed great whoredom, look, departing from the Lord. Whoredom. <laughs> unfaithfulness. Of course, the worst uh, thing in marriage relationship is what? Unfaithfulness. And the worst thing in our spiritual relationship to God is what? Unfaithfulness, departing from the Lord. 
You know, uh, God talks a lot about sin, but it seems like sexual sin sort of always take things to another level. We see that in Romans, but also in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18, it says this, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against what? His own body. So, of course, God desires right relationships with us. He wants to have a right relationship. What does God desire for us? He desires an intimate, personal relationship, a pure relationship, right, and a loyal relationship. That's what people want in a relationship, and that's what God wants in his relationship with us. And it talks about departing from the Lord. The worst state a man can be in is to be separated from the Lord. Worst thing is to be separated from the Lord. Of course, to be lost is to be what? Positionally separated from the Lord, right? That's why a lot of people get confused about losing salvation, all these things. Salvation is what? It's a position, right? Right. As many as received him, to them gave he the power to what? Become the sons of God. That's a position. So when you don't have that position of being a child of God, you're what? You're lost. Right? So, and then to be backslidden, right? To be backslidden is to be relationally separated, we might say from the Lord. In other words, your relationship, you're saved, you have that position, but your relationship with the Lord that has saved you with your Heavenly Father is not what it should be. And then, of course, we know what hell is, right? There is a specific place called hell, but hell is also to be what? To go to an eternal death is what? To be eternally separated from the Lord. So to be separated from the Lord in any capacity is not a good thing. But yet here, as we look at this, Hosea shows the amazing love of God. The amazing love of God and also the responsibility of the believer. Of course, we understand the context here is what? God the Father and his relationship to Israel. But, of course, we see we know that the truth, the truth, the principle, also applies to believers because we know that, right, as God deals with Israel in the Old Testament, right, he deals with them as a nation, he deals with individual believers, if you will, in the New Testament. So... As you see here that Israel's gotten away from God, they've committed whoredoms, so they've come to the place, if you will, of no truth, right? They don't want to listen to God. They don't want to obey God. They don't want to follow his truth, and right? And we know what happens without truth. We cannot be what God wants us to be. Uh, Brother uh, Wood just started teaching, uh, uh, talking about the Word of God this morning. He's going to go into Psalm 119 in Sunday school over the next few weeks. But we know that God gave us his written revelation, and he gave it to uh, guide us and show us uh, what, he want, what he wants to do in the world and what, he want, what he's done for us and what he wants to do in and through our life. But if we didn't have this truth, right, or if we rejected this truth, then without its direction, right, if we didn't understand, our, of course, as a believer, we're supposed to what? Live a life according to the precepts and principles of the Word of God, the truth. And so if we're not obedient to that truth, yielding to that truth, and rejecting it, we cannot be what God wants us to be. And so they've rejected God's truth. They've gone their own way. And so they're certainly not being what God would have them to be as his people and as a nation. And so 
God comes to them here, and he's about to deal with them. God says, what? You, want, you don't want any truth? You don't want the truth to govern your life? You don't want the truth to guide your life? <laughs> then I will remove what truth provides. Think about it that way. I will remove what truth provides. You see, truth provides things for us as we yield to it, as we follow it. And so we see that <coughs> through, his three, through, through the three children that are born. So Gomer has three children. And remember, she's a woman of whoredoms. And so she has three children. But it's uh, considered that not all three were necessarily Hosea's, though it's clear uh, some of them are. So notice the first one in verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, right, she has a son. In verse 4, and the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel, for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and I will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. So Jezreel, his name means to be scattered. His name's to be scattered. So he's getting ready to scatter uh, the people of God. He's going to scatter them. So he, you could say it this way. He's saying, listen, you are no longer going to have a place, right, that you can come to, a place to call home, right? That's your own. So next to Jezreel, you can write no place. So imagine, imagine. If you were told today you were going to have no place, boy, you think, man, I'm, uh, you know, it's, you know, be it, what's it, what's it say, be it ever so humble, <laughs> there's no place like home. But if you were told today you would have no place, think about that. If you had no place for a refuge, boy, we see, we see the homeless people and we suffer, but what if you found out today you were going to be homeless because they were going to be captured by the Assyrians and then, of course, dispersed throughout the world. And so that's what happens when we go from God, our life is scattered, our life is weakened, our life is defeated because we're not walking with God. And of course, people that are scattered, people that have no place, right, uh, for refuge, people that have no place they can go to, what do they do? They wander. Right, we see it down here. We go down here at 276, we see people walking up and down the streets all the time. They, They just wander. And, right? and people not walking in truth with Christ, what do they do? They wander from thing to thing. They wander from place to place. They're always uh, looking for something new. You remember Acts 17 when uh, 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 Paul uh, was in Athens, right? They were always looking for that new thing, right? Because they, they didn't know the truth. They didn't ha- uh, follow the truth. So they're always looking for something new. They wander from one uh, philosophy to another, looking for something. So people that don't have truth and they have no place, they wander from thing to thing. They wander from place to place. And what? They find no peace and they find no satisfaction because they don't have a place that will provide that for them. And then we see the next child born. It says, verse 6, And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, Call her name lo Ruhamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel. So now he says you've rejected truth, right? You no longer have a place to call home. You no longer have a place uh, to come to that's your own. And next, you'll have no pity. You'll have no more pity, no mercy. Imagine 
having no pity, no mercy extended to you. Boy, we sang about that this morning. Uh, knowing, listen, imagine if you, if you, I mean, you realized you were lost. You realized you were in your sin. You realized you were headed to hell. But God said, yeah, that's right. You're a sinner. That's right. You're on your way to hell. But you know what? No pity for you. No mercy to you. Boy, uh, what would the result of that be? No more intimate relationship with God. Boy, what a, what, what a terrible thing to go through life with no place, no refuge, to go through life and, 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 and uh, no, no pity, nobody to show mercy upon you. And then he goes and he says this uh, about the next one in verses 8 and 9. Now when he, she had weaned, lo hama, she conceived and bare a son and said, God, then said, God, call his name Loami. For ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Well, you see, strong judgment from getting away from God. So you see this. He says, listen, you're no longer, right now, because you've rejected truth, you will no longer have a place, you will no longer have a, 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 a pity, and you will no longer be my people. So therefore, you will no longer have a person, amen, to help you and carry your burdens and help you through life. So imagine going, uh, having no person that you could turn to for help and guidance and to be there for you. So he's totally saying, I'm, at this moment, I'm rejecting you. You're right? You've rejected my truth. You say no truth, then you have no place, no pity, amen, and you are no longer my people. Boy, that's a, a sad condition to be in. But thank God, right? Praise the Lord. There's a verse number 10 here. There's a verse number 10. Thank God that God did not stop there. And then we find this in verse number 10. Yet, <laughs> amen. Yet the number of children, the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, ye are the sons of God. Now we're going to look at this verse 10. You see, again, the story of Hosea's home life sets the stage for understanding God's relationship with his people. Of course, we see how Hosea, right? She was a woman of whoredom and she bore children of whoredom. So think about this. Hosea's wife did not deserve one good thing that he did for her. After how, he, after how she treated him, she did not deserve the grace that he showed towards her. And as you go through the book of Hosea, you, you understand that even more. But again, Hosea's wife did not deserve one good thing he did for her. His continued love for her did not make sense. As, you, as you, you go through the book Hosea and you see all the things she did and uh, uh, how uh, uh, she mistreated her husband and got out there and did all these wicked and vile things, but yet he kept drawing, calling her back to him and, and doing things for her. It didn't make sense. But you see, that's a picture of the love of God for people. Just like God's continued love toward the world does not make sense. Mankind has treated God like Gomer treated Hosea. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray, 
She went astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Hey, she didn't care what her husband wanted. She did what she wanted to do. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know these verses from Romans 3, as is written, There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Romans 3.18, there's no fear of God before their eyes. Boy, what's the saying today? You see that on shirts, you see that painted places, no fear. Well, they're telling on themselves. They have no fear of God. So, boy, you look at this, and I, you know, you look, you look at how wicked and vile the world is. You look at how wicked and vile mankind is. You look at uh, the direction that our country's going, and you know what? And you say, God's love does not make sense. Of course, we all know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, this verse does not make sense to the natural mind. He says he loved the world. Why, the world doesn't care about God. The world is living, the world is living a life of whoredoms. The world is doing what it wants to do. It doesn't get up thinking anything about God. But yet every day, God gets up thinking about the world. What's that song say? When, when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. What a, what, what a song. When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. So this verse doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Why would God show such love? Hosea, we could say to Hosea, man, I mean, if you were his friend, say, man, you know, uh, uh, man, I, I don't see how you keep putting up with it. I'm just going to be honest with you. Hosea, how can you still love her? Hosea, after all she's done, how can you still love her? But you know what? When I think about that, and I think about uh, 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 my life, sometimes I think, God, how can you still love me? How can you still love this world? How can you still show mercy to America? But yet he's, he does. Now remember, Gomer's name means completion, which is a good name for a wife, really. <laughs> it is a good name for a wife. Completion, because, but it's kind of ironic. Why? Because what? A husband and wife are to what? They're supposed to complete each other. That's the whole thing about right? Uh, a marriage, right? The, the two should become one. God, right? He saw Adam and uh, he said, man, uh, he needs a help meet. And so a husband's wife were there to complete each other. But Hosea's wife did everything but that. But despite her actions, despite her going back out there and doing all those things, you know, you know what filled the gap? You know what filled that gap? His love. His love for the gap. And boy, you, hey, if you're, if you're not married, just let me give you something here real quick. You know, you hear a lot of people say, well, you know, marriage is supposed to be 50-50. That's not true. Marriage is not supposed to be 50-50. It's supposed to be 100-100. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be 100-100. But you know what? I mean, some days it may feel like zero-zero. Some days it may be 100 over here, zero over here. And then the next day it's 100 over here, zero over here. Or somewhere, somewhere in between. And you know what? In our relationship with God, he's always 100. <laughs> he's always 100. Hey, you know what? I want to be 100. In our, in our relationship with God, you know it should be 100, 100, right? I want to do 100. I really do. I get up thinking every day, hey, I, I, every day I want to get up and say, hey, I want to do 100% of God's will for my, my life today. But you know what? Most of the time I, I fall short. 
Man, sometimes I, I finish the day and I'm like, man, how did I, how did I, how, man, that was so stupid. Or man, why did I do this? Or why did I do that? And you know what? I find a big gap between what God's will, you know, God's 100% for me that day is sort of where I ended up at the end of the day. But you know what fills that gap? And it was, what's amazing is that while I'm sitting there beating myself over the head, right? You know what? God's looked down and in one sense, in that relationship side, it's 100%. His love, his grace, his mercy uh, fills in the gap. And that's what Hosea did. His love filled in the gap. When she fell short, his love filled the gap. And I'm so glad we have verses like Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Boy, that was Hosea. No matter what she did, with loving kindness, right? He lifted me. With loving kindness, he would draw her back. And that's what God does to us. Boy, if you're not where you should be, well, you know what? If you're lost today, you're not sure that you're saved, you know what, God? God, in loving kindness, wants to draw you unto himself to be saved today. Or if you're saved and you're not where you should be in that relationship, God, you know what? He wants his love to fill that gap. And in loving kindness, he wants to draw you back to him so that your relationship will be what it ought to be. Look at that, verse 10 again. Look at that. He said, listen, he's, he, he, basically in uh, one through uh, nine, he says, look, at, go, find a, 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 go find Gomer, <laughs> go find a woman of whoredoms. She represents Israel. <laughs> she hasn't been, Israel hasn't been faithful to me. She's out there worshiping other idols. She's out there doing what she wants to do. <laughs> and I want, you, I want you to tell her that, listen, uh, I, I'm tired of this. She's going to have no place. She's going to have no pity. Amen. She's not going to be uh, my people. And uh, you just need to tell her what I think about this. But yeah, Yet, he goes on to say, yet, <laughs> thank God for that, yet, amen, he says there, yet, and then go down and it says this, yet the number of the children it, uh, uh, shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured for number, and it shall come to pass that, look at this, in the place, think that, if you just want to narrow this verse down, yet in the place, right, there it shall be said. Well, if you, if you could crunch this verse, it would say this, yet in the place there, <laughs> yet in the place there shall be said unto them, ye are the sons of the living God. Jeremiah 31.1 says this, at the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of the families of Israel and they shall be my people. Verse 10, in the place there. Well, yeah, every time I see those two words, the place, my mind immediately goes to Calvary. I love Luke 23, verse 33, which says this, and when they were come to the place, <laughs> when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, <laughs> there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And you see, this, this Luke 23, 33, if you will, is equivalent to Hosea 1.10 because it says, listen, you, 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 you've gone your own way. Uh, you, you've, you, you're living a life of sin. You're on your way to hell. And, and uh, yet, there's a place. There's a place. And in that place, if you'll come to that place, amen, <laughs> you can be called a child of God. Calvary. 
You see, they were rejected. He said, you no longer have a place. You no longer have pity. You're no longer my pity, but there's a place. There's a place, and in that place, right, that's the place of restoration you can come to. And that's what Calvary is for us, because at Calvary, we find a place where we are no more scattered. Boy, we're out there living this life of sin. We're wandering from here to there, and we're doing what we want to do, and, and, and we're finding no peace. We're finding no satisfaction. And God says, listen, you don't have to live that life of wandering. There's a place. And if you come to that place, amen, you would no longer have to be scattered. You no longer have to wander. And there's a place where you'll find pity, you see, where you can find mercy. Calvary's where we find pity. Calvary's where we find mercy. We are no more hopeless and helpless. We can find mercy at Calvary. And Calvary's where we find a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, where we no longer have to be alone. You see, boy, uh, uh, I don't know how, Bill, you, think, you, you picture Hosea coming home from work, all right? He, he's, he's hoping when he gets home, his wife will be there. He's hoping dinner will be ready. But he gets there, right? Dinner's not ready, and she's gone. And you know what he did? He'd go out, and he would seek her. He'd go out, and he would seek her, right? And that's why the Lord came. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, despite right? Your rejection of truth, despite the life that you've chosen to live, the Lord is out there seeking you on a daily basis. You may be far from God today if you're not saved. You may be far from God today if you're backslidden, but the Bible says yet, amen, there's a place that you can come to. You know, perhaps you once walked with God in close communion with God, but now your Christian life, either you don't really have one anymore, or even you, even you may be sitting here this morning, but it's just become mechanical. Oh, you know what to say, you know what to do, but there's no real joyous life in Christ as there used to be. God says, yet there's a place you can come to. So as we finish up here through this chapter in Hosea, Right? As you study it, you see the heart of God. You see, it said, Jose, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. How can, you, how can you keep loving her like that? How can you keep going after her like that? Well, I can't, I can't read that and say, hey, listen, for 22 years, right? Didn't matter what I did, he kept coming seeking me. He kept coming seeking me in love. So we see a vivid picture of God's redeeming love seeking after sinners. Gomer shows the heart of man, continuously rebellious against God. But how wonderfully we see God desires to draw souls unto him and to bless them. You see, this truth, amen, that despite what we deserve, right? You see, remember, grace is getting what we don't deserve, and mercy is not getting what we do deserve, <laughs> Right? We, we, we deserve judgment. Gomer deserved judgment, but yet Israel deserved judgment, but yet God chose mercy. This truth should give us a great desire to serve him. So you may think, well, I'm too far away from God. I've done too much. No, it doesn't matter what you've done. God is seeking you this morning. God desires, amen, a real relationship with you this morning. So listen, uh, don't, don't look at yourself and what you've done. Just remember, hey, there's a yet, there's a place, and it's called Calvary. And you can come there this morning, amen? When you come there, amen, you'll find a place, the place that you've been looking for. And you'll find pity, amen? God wants to have pity on you this morning. He wants to forgive you. 
And then you'll find a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, he wants, to spend, uh, he wants you to spend the rest of your life with a close, intimate, precious, pure relationship with him. Let's pray.